0: Now, here's your host, founder and CEO of Optimist Futures, Matt Zimberg.
1: Hey Trading Gang, I hope you're doing well. We're near the end of the week and uh, I'm really looking forward to it, to be honest with you. Uh, Usually, you know, I start getting a little bit of an anxiety on Sunday because I had too much of a break. One day is more than enough for me. Uh, Some people probably prefer more, uh, but I'm actually always, uh, you know, I'm enjoying my work, and I'm enjoying helping people, and I'm enjoying helping my staff, and I'm surrounded by really good people at Optimist Futures, Uh, decent brokers, decent staff, and it makes my life much um, easier on a day-to-day as far as... uh, uh, communicating and implementing things and uh, moving forward, and the beauty of uh, you know working in a futures trading brokerage is that it's a competitive space, and you need to be very creative at times um, in terms of um, you know how how to retain customers. And one of the things that we try and do is really to be a little bit less gimmicky and really help with tools that help traders. So we're trying to build tools that are our own and unique to us in order to help potentially the customer. Um, I feel that the younger generation today, and I'm not saying it with criticism, I'm really, really not. It's just, it's just a fact, you know, I should say Everything I usually say on, on, on this podcast, it's, it's my opinion, and this is also my opinion. But you know, some things are just becoming a little bit more factuals than opinion, and I see that the younger generation, when it comes to trading, unfortunately, they're surrounded with so much garbage out there. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I listen to those, you know, um, sometimes I'm on Google, and I look at videos, and I see, you know, advertisements before the show starts, and then sometimes I get an email with some quotes from somebody from, you know, on Twitter, or on Reddit, or in a forum, and it's just some of the things are just so untrue, and the sad part about it is that it's coming from people that are just either curious about trading, don't know much about trading, but many people read it and it sounds semi-intelligent and some people might take it as a truth. And I I can't say that it frustrates me, but sometimes I just wish that people had really knew how to filter better the information that is out there about trading and get it from sources that are a little bit more reliable. So, essentially, you know, when I started out, you know, there was no social media, you actually had to go buy a book, read through the book, you know, highlight, you know, a few things. And basically, that's what stayed with you. But at the time, you know, um, it was somebody had to make an effort to actually write a book to be recognized. So the content had to be good. Today, you know, when people teach about trading, the content doesn't have to be great, you know, it just has to be, some sort of a collage of a number of ideas and, and, and basically it's just being thrown out there. And for the most part, that's what people want to hear, that it's really easy. And so, you know, the commercials are make it really easy. The advertisement makes it easy when it's not an easy field at all. So basically, today's topic is to basically give you a little bit of a perspective, you know, of how you should develop yourself. As a trader and somebody asked me one time, they said, Well, what do I do day to day as a trader? Right, like what's my job? And I thought it was actually a very intelligent question because what really is a job of a trader? Right? Well, what is if somebody wants to be full-time trading, and I said in previous videos that I said is there's nothing wrong with doing trading as part-time. I support it even more than being full-time and especially when it comes to futures trading that i advocate to trade with risk capital and so um it's good if you have income coming in and everything else but i don't want to stop any dreams out there that people have or inspiration so the question is if i'm becoming a full-time trader what is my job right so i started thinking you know how, how could i explain what is your job I really had to pause because I didn't even know myself, what what do you answer somebody that says, you know what, what do I do on a day-to-day basis as a trader? And so I start, first thing you start thinking about is basically, well, you know, what do other professions do? But the more I started looking into other professions, I realized, well, you know, it's not exactly the same as trading of course, every profession would be different in one way. And there's always similarities such as having a good work ethic, you know, dedicating time and learning and everything else. But really trading was just a little bit different. So I started thinking, how do I answer those kind of questions in the future a little bit more intelligently? And I was thinking to myself, okay, so let's assume that you want to be a A trader right not saying full-time not saying part-time just saying in general as a trader and now you have to think about well what kind of um, uh, practice you gotta have or how do you develop yourself okay so this is what I was thinking imagine you have five years down the road right So let's say five years down the road, where do you want to be? Like, you know, the typical question that they ask you in interviews, where do you see yourself five years from now, right? When I went to job interviews and people asked me that question, you know, I I, I didn't always get the best reaction out of me because I said, listen, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I don't know what's in five years. But I guess it's goal inspirations and things like that. But, you know, the question is, okay, so, so if you're a trader, you know, in five years from now, how is your life going to look like, or what skills you should have? So, I thought to myself of a hypothetical scenario. Listen to this, just go with me on this one. Imagine in five years from now, you know you have a job interview, right? And it's going to be for a trading job, right? And you're going to sit there, and somebody's going to interview you for a trading position. Let's assume it's a prop shop. A real prop shop, a real money. I'm not talking about those, you know those uh, right now there's a lot of those supposedly prop shops that you have to pay. Prove yourself. I'm not talking about those. Real prop shops. you it's a totally different story, but anyway. So essentially, the idea is basically that somebody asks you a bunch of questions and you have to prove yourself, and you have to be hired as a trader. But at this day and age, where everything is driven by artificial intelligence, you will have a lot of competition. So basically, you know, just to give you an idea, artificial intelligence could replace translators. You could have a program that they teach some language, and it spits it out. To some degree, it exists already on Google with Google Translate, right? So it just recognizes the language, whatever you write in, it's not always perfect, but it gives you some sort of a, you know, uh, a translation. So there's going to be a lot of other jobs that, you know, are going to replace that. So imagine your competition would be some sort of a trader out there, or not necessarily a trader, but let's say somebody who knows how to work with data right? Somebody who knows how to look at data. And what's why is it your competition? Because one of the questions that somebody is going to ask you, or if I was to ask you, why should I hire you instead of, let's say, somebody who has a master's in statistics? Now, you might say, well, statistics is not trading. Well, if you look at it as a numbers game, then it is. So imagine that the interviewer says, well, I have this. They don't do that, okay? But let's just, again, go with me on this one. So let's say the interviewer says, I have this statistics guy over here, right? So the statistics guy, now they bring him into the room, and now he's sitting across from you. And the interviewer is saying, okay, well, listen, you tell me you know why I should hire you? Well, he is listening to it, and the statistics guy is going to be asked the same question, right? So let's say he starts with the statistics guy, right? So I'm being the devil's advocate here. Now he goes to the statistics guy, or the numbers guy, or an engineer that works with numbers or systems, whatever the case is, and he would say, well, why should I hire you? And the stats guy says, well, first of all, I'll be able to look at data And I'll be able to see when the market goes up. I'll be able to see when the market goes down. I'll be able to put the right risk management in place. I would be able to look at patterns. You know, I would be able to put it all into one trading program. And basically, it will spit out the results. What do you say to that? Right? What what, what would you actually answer to somebody who has this kind of an approach, you know, to to to, to trading. Um, there's a lot of truth to that because essentially debt is your competition. Your competition could be somebody who's data driven. It could be, you know, like they say about algos or HFTs or you know or any of those guys out there, any place where there's business There's competition. Just like Optimist Futures has competition. Traders have competition. Everybody has competition. And especially here, you know, in North America, where we have, you know, an advanced capitalist system, there's a lot of everything. So the question that you have to ask yourself, how with your skills, you will beat a job interview, somebody with stats knowledge. And he says, everything that I will do, I will be able to build a program that will scan the market five years and I'll be able to cho- choose the best risk management and I'll be able to choose the best targets and I will know best, you know, when to get out of the market, you know, according to everything else, you know. The question is, you know, what are you going to answer? Essentially, what you're thinking right now in your head, if you're thinking, I hope you are, How that, how you're going to address that? That's actually the answer today that you should have as far as your skills that you're going to develop as a trader. That's how I would start. So going back to the question that, you know, that, uh, that guy asked me, which, you know, what should I do on the day-to-day? That's where it starts. That's exactly where it starts. Now, you could come and say, for example, to the stats guy, well, just to let you know, and this is how I would address it, right? So first of all, I would say, which is a legal disclaimer, by the way, that past performance is not indicative of future results, right? That's the first thing I would say, <clears throat> that whatever happened in the past, programs can look at what happened in the past, run technical analysis, run scanners, but it does not mean that they couldn't replace human judgment. In fact, Today, as it stands today, and maybe in 20 years from now, 50 years from now, or 100 years from now, when none of us are here, maybe it will not be applicable. But today, as it stands, I've read a lot about a lot of cases where they thought artificial intelligence would replace everything. Essentially, they had to bring the human component into it as well, to some degree. So it was machine learning, AI together with the human thought. So having said that, you could always come back and say, you know, you can always look back, but it doesn't mean that you'll be able to recognize patterns. The second thing that, that you, you should uh, be able to say is that you had the ability, right, to change your method with the times, not started from scratch, but adjusted based on the volatility and noise. And sometimes with machines, it's really difficult because they just look into the past, they do it now. But again, it's just they have to digest data. And all the data that they they digest, you know, could you as a human, you might know what's more relevant and less relevant. Machines, it's very hard for them, right, to, to do that. So you could have a few days, for example, like we had with the coronavirus that was just unprecedented volatility, and they might take that as an average, right? Or something like that. They might not recognize anomalies. So that's the second thing that you say. You know, I'll be able to recognize, um, you know, an an anomaly. The, The third thing that you could bring into the equation and into your combat with the stats guy, and by the way, if you're a statistics guy, by no means am I saying that every single discretionary trader would beat you. If your skill is stats, I would still go with that and focus on it. Just to let you know the argument is here not, you know, necessarily that discretionary is better than statistics. It's really rather to encourage people who don't have math backgrounds to develop a, a very deep understanding of the market and develop a, a, a very deep work ethic and if you're a stats guy you know not to rely just on the machine so going back to that you know you could you could say that you know that, that you had the ability you know to um that you have creative ab- ability you also have the ability to be creative and come up with solutions as the market changes the changes changes itself. Essentially what I'm driving at, what you want to be, is really the master of trading. Um, not just a fan of trading, not somebody who is enthusiastic with trading. So to get to that level that you could actually convince somebody that you're better than a statistician, you know, that and a programmer. Even a programmer, a programmer could do the same thing. You could say, well tell me you know, what do you want to get out of me? A programmer could say, well, you know, an interviewer could say, well, could you choose targets? Yes. Can you choose where to get out? Yes. Can Can you determine market volatility and adjust it according to that? Yes. They can do all of that. So, Wall Street, you know, back in the day, you know, it was, or, or, or Chicago, you know, with the pits, it was human skills. Now, it's just like math skills. So, you really have to evolve yourself to, th- to beat those people And do I think it's possible? Yes, I do. I I think that, you know, it's, well, I shouldn't say that everybody, actually, I take it back. I don't think that everybody could beat them. I think there's some people out there who will build very sophisticated models, such as, you know, if you heard of the Renaissance fonts, there's uh, James Simmons, he built you know, with with very high returns, and it's all based on math, so I'm not here to suggest that every trader could beat them, but I'm also here to suggest that just because you have math degree doesn't mean that you can beat every discretionary uh, guy out there, and so... I'm here to encourage you to go towards that. Now, imagine that you're at the end of the five years right now, and again, you have this job interview, and now the job interviewer starts thinking in the direction. Well, that's interesting. He says you have valid points. It's true. Statistics has its limitations. Best performance is not indicative of future results. You know, you develop a certain sense of you know um, some sort of a um, you know method that can also sense that you change it according to the market volatility and you also use all your senses in order to do that again i'm very careful with the word intuition you know because i think intuition is something that also evolves so i don't think on day 1 you should rely on intuition but as you trade i believe your intuitive skills will become better as well i also want to suggest that i don't ever suggest you know, to trade just on intuition—not now, not in five years, regardless of or ten years—but along with your method, your intuitive skills, you know, should um, basically evolve, and that will also be um, part of your—I I would say—you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for—part of your ammunition when you think about your competition out there, right? So, how do you get there? First of all, again. You got to have creative ability. You have to trade real money. You have to go through psychology of up and down, of of being having skin in the game. Again, I don't believe in that paper trading could really take you in that direction. It could take you only so much. You know, being doing this paper trading a year or two does not make your you know your does not make you better in the long run. So. You know, there's a certain period that you should do it, but then move on to if you can and if you have the the risk capital to do it. You have to be curious as a person. You have to have very skills like a kid who is curious. You know, who who you give him, you know, uh, some sort of a toy, and he takes it apart and it's out of curiosity because he wants to know how it works. He doesn't know how to put it together, but you know, he wants to know, he's curious, It's like, what's inside? How does it work? So they take it apart, right? So you have to be very, very curious also um, along the way deciding, you know, why does it happen? You know, what led to that? You know, what sort of pattern led to the upside? What pattern went to the downside? What... You know, be curious as to how long can a market can be in a sideways market. You know, whatever you can come up with that makes you curious, you know, and and helps you. So not just to come up with stuff, but really think of curiosity as things that, that help you. The other thing that you should do is to journal everything, right? You can journal. You know, robots don't journal. They don't have a creative aspect. They don't take a pen out there and sit and write every day for 20 minutes everything they have done. They just they don't do that. So what you need to do is really journal every single day. So if you know you have this competition again in five years from now with that guy that might have not only a stats degree but a PhD, you know, he will also at this point in time sitting and listening to some other math. You know, podcast, and he also wants to improve. I don't know how to improve, you know, uh, the skills for a statistician or a programmer or anybody in that field. I'm trying to help you, the discretionary trader, the point and click guy, right? So again, journaling, you know, is is, is very important. Long hours, look, guys. If you want to be good at something, you have to put very long hours into it majority of people today, you know, and, it's, and that's the good part and the bad part. The good part is that those that don't put the long hours, it will be easier for you, potentially, I should say potentially, be easier for you to take the money away from them, right? It's easier to take the money from those who don't put the effort because they rely on intuition, they rely on fields, I mean, they over leverage, it's easy kind of to grab their money. Um, easier, I should say, but still not easy. It's never easy to make money. So there's, you know, also different, you know, variety of fish. So, you know, there's the small fish, it can buy a medium fish, it can buy a bigger fish. So there's also people who are, might be better skilled than you are, you know, to take your money. But you understand what I'm saying, you know, you, you have to have you know the long hours of dedication and, and researching and looking and reviewing at what you, what 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 you're doing um those of you who sometimes listen to this very interesting guy, his name is um Gary Vaynerchak, which I really really like he's a fantastic guy you know he just uh an entrepreneur is into marketing. He also has some, I think he took a wine store from like $6 million to $60 million or something like that. A uh, very interesting guy and his motivational, Gary Vaynerchuk. And he always talks about, you know, the hustle, right? He loves the hustle. He loves the hard work. He loves when there's issues because he says it's growth, which is very interesting because, you know, if you talk to majority of traders, when they get into a period of frustration, you know, they hate it right, they hate it, and here you are, successful people who love the hustle, they have more problems coming their way, there could be financial problems, you know, in the company, Um, if you have financial problems, don't trade futures, by the way, so, but, you know, there's still a level of hustle involved in, in, in trading futures, so I really recommend, you know, to start thinking of it this way, starting to love it, you know, hustle became a very kind of a popular world out there, you know, in the last few words, but essentially it's a struggle. A hustle is really a struggle. So a lot of people would say, you know, yeah, I'll hustle through the difficult and to times and everything, but hustle is really a struggle. Would you replace the word hustle with struggle? Are you willing to struggle to get to the level of mastery that you should have in trading um, and, and, and basically get there, right? And the last thing I will tell you is this, Um, if you are getting into training just because you think it's easy money, this is the wrong, wrong field, you don't know it yet, and I know if you're in the beginning of the road, you're probably listening to this this and you're thinking, ah, this guy, you know, he doesn't know, I know that I understand what it takes, and you don't. I'm gonna tell you right now if you're beginning of the road, you don't. People who love trading, love solving problems, right? They have really transformed their mind from the idea of making money as a primary source, but rather as a byproduct. If you wanna make money in trading, it's a byproduct of a lot of long hours of learning, of curiosity of what I mentioned before, journaling, having, um, um, having developing the creative ability to interpret the market. And the last thing that it, it also has is consistent. What's the word? Is it consistent that I'm looking at? I don't know if it's consistent, but it's the constant. That's the word I'm looking for. The constant ability to fight boredom. Now, not only do I think that success is basically boring, because you get to repeat something that works over and over and over again, you know, in in business, and trading is a business, you might get into trading, you know, into a habit of doing something well, and what happens to many traders that they start to be creative. Some start the right way, and they make money, and then along the way, they think they're artists, and they start adding stuff on top of it, because it became boring, and they want to make it interesting. So you got to have the ability actually to chisel, you know, a rock to a form and remove components as opposed to the natural tendency of majority of traders to add components. So basically, what you want to do is get to the point where you're making decisions that are right with not too many variables again i can make a podcast about that in itself so having said all of that just to remind you you know uh, as i say many times you know i'm not here to encourage anybody to be a trader and i'm not here to discourage you either and the one thing that i wanted to tell you look if i sound sometimes a little bit negative at times i don't know if the word negative is the right one but something that discourages you or you think that I'm negative please understand it's all coming from a good place really I'm I know that money doesn't grow in trees I wasn't born into a rich family everything that I earned in my life was with my own hands and I do respect the value of money and when I give you all those things and I give you all this advice it's only because of good intentions it's not because I want to discourage you. It's not because I think that the markets cannot be rewarding. And at the same time, I'm also a licensed broker. And as a licensed broker, I cannot sit here and hype markets. It's not legal and it's not ethical. So again, you know, I'm trying to create an environment where we all operate in some sort of a balance and and to give you the perspective of the good and the bad. And I always say, listen, every schmuck out there can live with the good you know it's sometimes hard to live with the reality when the market is bad so having said that there's a substantial risk of loss in futures trading and past performance is not indicative of future results having said everything about that i also want to tell you i would love to earn your business if you're a trader you see our focus is really helping traders we're never going to push you to um to trade you set up an account we help you with the technology you trade as frequently as you want we help you as much as we can with the cost so there's different platforms there's different you know feeds there's different everything but you know there's a lot of ways to save so we do our best to save you as much as we can there are costs that we don't control such as you know exchange costs or data costs, but then again, maybe you might not need all the data. You might need level one instead of level two. You know, if you don't need the full depth of the market. So, there's a lot of ways to go about it. One thing you can also try, and I hope you'll enjoy it, is our own platform, Optimus Flow. Optimus Flow, in my opinion, is a modern platform. It's a fast platform. It has good execution. Um, you can organize it. In, a, in in any way you want, it's driven you know by a number of data feeds and and we can advise you which data feed to have directly to the exchange. We don't have anything that stops it in the middle, you know, where we interfere in the trade or anything like that. Sometimes people ask me that, and I'm sometimes I'm shocked, and I tell them, you know, everything goes to the market. It's just direct market access. There's, you know, I I don't we don't interfere. You know, the, those, all the technologies we provide it goes to the exchange. We don't intercept it, you know. So some people ask me, well, you're, you know, does it go through your broker? No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter where I'm located. It could be, you know, sitting in Europe right now, um, you know, or it could be in the East Coast, and the South, and the North, and the West. You know, it's always, the trading platforms have nothing to do with it. So Optimus Flow is a really good platform. Um, I think you should try it out. It's on our page. If you go to www.optimistfutures.com, choose the platforms page and you will see Optimus Flow over there, and we can help you with that. Other than that, if you have technical questions, go to community.optimistfutures.com, ask your question over there, and it could be a technical question about futures, it could be about the platforms, it could be about anything. Now, some of you have communicated with you recently through emails, and some of you have picked up the phone and called me and <clears throat> one thing sometimes you're very surprised, you know, that I answer some questions. You know, if people, you know, write about certain things in their requests from our company, they leave the form. I'll I would answer it. Some of you are a little bit surprised at times, but let me tell you this. I work along with my team to help the customers every single day. So I didn't I don't take the role of somebody uh, important. I Take the role of somebody as equal to my teammates to help them with our efforts and to help you. The bottom line: you're the customer, and you are our most important asset. You know we make our livelihoods because traders like you they take risks every day in the marketplace, and we understand it and we respect it. So I wish you a phenomenal weekend, Um, and I look forward to um, our next podcast next week. So. All the best, and, um, you know, I look forward to uh, our future communication. Again, reach out to us, you know, it's www.optimistfutures.com. If you ever call us by phone, it's one eight hundred seven seven one six seven four eight. 771 6748 Local number is 561-367-8686. All the best, have a relaxing weekend.
0: Thank you for listening to the Optimist Futures podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, all under the username Optimist Futures. If you have any questions, feel free to send us an email to support at optimistfutures.com or give us a call directly at 561-367-8686 or toll free at 1-800-771-6786. Once again, thank you for listening to the Optimist Futures podcast. Please remember that this matter should be viewed as a solicitation to trade. Trading futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should therefore carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for you in light of your financial condition. Optimist Futures LLC is not affiliated with nor does it endorse any trading system, methodologies, newsletter, or similar service. We urge you to conduct your own due diligence.